All right. What a beautiful presence, yes? Did the Lord do anything in the room? I don't want to hear your story, but did the Lord do anything? Yes. Raise your hand. Wave at me. Yes? He did something. Yes? That's good. That's awesome. It's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's beautiful, beautiful. May we never get sick of that, Lord. Pray that we would be a people that are just hungry for you and that you would see our hunger, that you would honor our hunger, however you see fit. Jesus' name, amen. So I do have a word for tonight, if that's okay. Um, if it's not, you came to the wrong place because you knew you were getting it. Um, but uh, we've been going through James, right? We have been going through James, and it's been good so far, I think. Um, anybody want to try to give a recap on chapter one? I know. Okay, it was only two weeks ago, so. <laughs> what? What did you? I can't hear Joy you. Joy and trials. Joy and trials, okay. What else? What else did we talk about? Maybe what was the, what was the title? <laughs> Try, good guess. That was the subtitle. <laughs> it was called Right Religion. Are you remembering? Remember? Refining what actually religion is, not what we've made it up to be, not what we have a preconceived notion in our mind of what Christianity actually is, but what it truly is. What it truly is. Just what truly is. Taking the word at its word, correct? Just read James 1, you'll get it. What did we talk about last week? James 2. James 2, good. What was it called? What did we talk about? We rightly defined one word. What was it? Yeah, good. Anybody want to? What was faith? Define it. Okay, good. Yes, that was part of it. Okay, good. That's part of it. Yes. It's a loyalty. Yes, it's a loyalty to what he says is true yesterday, today, and forever. Yes? Is that good news? Yes. I think so. I think so. What else did we talk about? Did we talk about anything else? Good. Not holding grudges. Benji, you remember that. <laughs> Not holding grudges, right? Keeping on, you just bottle it all up and then explode. We don't get to pick and choose who we love. We love all of that kind of good stuff. Yes? Yeah. James chapter 3 is all, I guess the little title for all it's worth is Wisdom of the Tongue. Wisdom of the tongue. Okay? Who has ever missed... Sure, yeah, I guess that's a better way of saying it. Said something that they regret. Yes? yes. Said something that you maybe shouldn't have said. Yeah. Said something good. Yeah? We've encouraged people at least once in our lives, which is good. Good job. That's what we're talking about tonight is the wisdom of the tongue. Or this could be called, do you kiss your mother with that mouth? 
Or maybe even more so, do you worship the Lord with that mouth? And he touches on this, and that's, uh, you'll know when uh, we start talking about that, because it's like, it's hard for me to talk about because I don't do it well. This is, and I hope you understand that this is a message that I have not mastered, just like most of them. But I have not mastered this one. I still struggle with my tongue. I do. You guys know that firsthand because sometimes I slip up in here. But I'm trying to refine it, and I'm trying, just like you guys slip up and suck every once in a while, too. We're trying, right? And I want to, I want to, I, I, I what? We're not, we're not going to go on that topic. But I want to, I, I want you to look through this message with that lens that I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to speak in a lot of we's, a lot of us's, not a lot of you's and I's, Okay but a lot of we's and us's because I think none of us have mastered this because the scripture says so, <laughs> okay? If you've mastered, it even says, if you have tamed your tongue, you are a perfect person. Who's perfect in here? None of you. <laughs> in your own eyes, maybe is a different story, but uh, I hope you're with me, okay? And this, this scripture almost feels like just an epic rant from James. It's almost just like a rat-a-tat-tat-tat rant that he goes after in this, in this uh, chapter. So I want to start with somewhat of an intro. Hopefully it's good. Probably not as good as the others, but it's all right. How many of you know that what you say affects others? And I know that's very elementary, <laughs> yes, because what you're probably thinking of right now is if I said something to Christian, it would affect him. But how many of you know that if I said something to Christian, that it would affect every single person in the room? A while a forest fire does not start just all of a sudden. It's not just a big freaking fireball down from the sky that then says, all right, I'm burning up 5,000 acres. It starts very, very small, correct? It starts with one of those reckless campers that come up, to, come up to Deckers and put my house at risk, right? It starts with those kinds of people, and then it starts to spread and then affects others. I haven't even met that guy who made the campfire, but it's affecting me. How many of you know that there's words that have been spoken, not directly to you, that have actually affected you, right? And you guys are like, Oh, yeah, I'm going to like this. Well, I'm not going to talk about the victim stuff tonight, okay? So I know, I know. We're, we're conquerors, so we got to act like it every once in a while. <laughs> so this is only 18 verses, but I feel like I've got a lot to say in it. So I hope you're ready. Um, sometimes there's more power in what's unsaid than what is said. And I feel like our, our generation needs to capture this a little bit better. All of us think that we have very profound thoughts, right? I do right now because I'm preaching to you. I feel like I have something to offer you or else why would I be up here, right? But sometimes there's things unsaid that are more powerful than the things that are said. And that's very very opposite of what our generation said with all of the stuff that happened in 2020. Everything. 
It's like, oh my gosh, silence is louder. Do you remember all that? Well, actually, silence is golden in my eyes. I like quiet. That's why I live in the forest, right? And I believe that there is something, there's a wisdom of being wise with what we don't say and what we say. It's both and. It's not just, oh, I have to just control my tongue and fake it till I make it. Okay, that'll work for a time, but there's some things that you just need to, you just need to, I don't know what the right word is. I'm trying to find it. There's, there's some things that you just need to shut up on. There is. Okay? Do you agree or are you just like, screw this guy already? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> How many of you have a Twitter? No? Is it just us? Whoa, we are freaking hip, right? <laughs> Twitter is an interesting app. It really is. Instagram, you know, you get fed what you want to see for the most part. TikTok, who has TikTok? Yeah? Okay. Who has like every single, do you have every single one of them? Yeah, do you? Wow. LinkedIn? You have it. You have it all. All right. I do too. I don't know why. I don't have TikTok though. But I watch reels, so it's pretty much the same thing. <laughs> Just, I, I won't say that. See, there it is. I'm working on it. Oh, man, not bad for me. Um, but Twitter is an interesting thing, because have you heard of the retweet? Right? Some do. I, I just recently got on Twitter because I wanted to, weirdly, I wanted to follow all the DeMar Hamlin stuff that happened, that football player who almost died. I wanted to follow all that, and I thought that was the best kind of facet to follow it. I, I might be right, but I might be also very wrong. But it worked, and I kept up on it because it was kind of, I watched it real time, and it was heavy, dude. It like kind of, it, it made Madison actually watch football for five seconds <laughs> and ask about the game. Hey, how'd that football? Yeah. But what's fascinating, and I, I kind of want to add another dimension to this what you say affects everybody thing is there's this thing called a retweet on Twitter. And based on who I follow on Twitter, I can see that somebody retweeted based on his fo him following it. Does that make sense? I felt like it made sense in my brain. It didn't? All right. Well, so I follow someone. They like something that I have, I, I have no affiliation with. And it's a retweet of somebody else. And it finally gets to me. No matter what it's about. It could be about OU. Or it could be about whatever. I can't think of something else. But it spreads quick. Right? I mean, not to step on any toes, but we saw the whole, um, the whole blackout um, profile picture. Right? I don't care what your opinion is on it. But we saw how fast that spread. That was one person who decided to say, all right, we're going to, put, we're going to put this black profile picture up and we're going to watch how fast it spreads. And sure enough, some people still have it, right? It spreads like wildfire. And I want to add a layer of, of importance on what we talk about and what we say. I've been a part of meetings 
And, and kind of places like this before, where we have an amazing presence of the Lord saturate a, a room or, a, frankly, an entire building, and then we go out to eat afterwards and everybody's talking crap about each other. And I'm just confused on where the disconnect is because we saw people get healed and prophesied over, and then we leave that place, and then we say, oh my gosh, so-and-so just sucks. I just, oh my gosh, you, you, you actually suck at ping pong. And, and all these kinds of things, and just rip each other apart, right? There's a disconnect that's taking place in the church specifically. And that's what we can talk about tonight, right? Yes? yes, yes. James 3 explicitly says, let's control our tongues. The world Bible, if I can call it that, does not have that same command. So let's act like Christians and think like Christians tonight, not based on what the world standard is around us. Are you with me? Yes. It spreads so quickly, and it gets out of control so quickly. Have you guys ever played that game of, like, telephone, where you all are in a line? Yeah. Or even the, the, I like the one where you draw on the person's back, and then you try to have to imitate it. What happens at, from point A to point Z? It gets chaotic. And you're just like, what happened? All of a sudden, there's a, don there's a chicken riding a donkey, and I drew Santa, right? It's all over the board, right? Same thing happens with our tongues. We over-exaggerate, and we, we use all these kinds of things, and it gets lost in translation where then all of a sudden the whole entire thing is blown way out of proportion, and we have no idea what's going on. Do you get it? Yes. So turn to James chapter 3. The crazy thing is that the tongue is the next movement that somebody's going to latch onto, and then it's going to be called the men mob mentality, and it's going to destroy lives. The tongue has incredible power. It has power to edify, but it also has power to destroy somebody. And as you're turning there, kind of my last thing is, as we study this chapter, let's go after it as men and women, not boys and girls tonight, okay? Let's grow up tonight, okay? We're not, I'm not going to handhold and coddle you tonight. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You going to be all right? Yeah. Okay? Let's talk like adults tonight, okay? Cool. Everybody there? Yes. You know the drill. What do you say? Yes. Madison. Madison. Sir, yes, sir. Oh, no, you say Madison. Madison. One day I'm going to change it up. Okay. Lord, I pray, like I always do, that as we read these words, that they would jump off the page and land in our hearts, that you would reveal your word to us in a whole other way than you ever have. I pray that you would just bring revelation and that your Holy Spirit would, would separate and bring wisdom and that it would go beyond my voice, but that you would touch hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to read the first 12 verses. What? Ah, I get it. Thank you. When I told you to turn to it, I should have too. Or I should have been really prepared and left it up because I knew where we were going to be. Man, that would have been really cool. James chapter 3. Can everybody see okay, or is it too dark? 
Oh yeah, you all are on your phones. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, there's too many lights. <laughs> Ready? <laughs> so silly. <laughs> hey, I know. Not many of you should become teachers. For you know that we who teach will be judged with a greater strictness. Sign me up. For we all stumble in ways, in many ways, actually. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits in our mouth of, uh, sorry, if we put bits in the mouth of horses so that they will obey us, we, we guide their entire body as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are large and driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. Verse six, and the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting, the, setting on fire and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird or of reptile and sea creature can be tamed, but this, but ha, and had, and sorry, and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Verse 9. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in his image. Verse 10. For the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Yes, that speaks for itself, right? You don't need a lot of my commentary on this, but I'm going to give you it. Yeah. <laughs> Again, doesn't that sound just like an epic rant? Yeah. It sounds like somebody's just firing off. All right, here I go. Here, I'm just going to lay it all on the table, right? An epic, epic rant. And it covers a lot of ground. In 12 verses, I don't know, put another 12 verses that covers as much ground as this, right? He covers a lot of things. He starts out addressing teachers, leaders, pastors, disciplers, all these kinds of people who are pouring into people's lives, yes? And let them know on the front end that they're going to be judged harsher. Oh, yeah, great. Which is interesting. And run with me for a second. This insinuates that there's almost different layers of judgment or levels, if I can say that. Right? They're going to be judged greater, so that means there's lesser. To what? Maybe learners. Maybe bystanders who just don't even know why they're in church. Right? All of these kinds of things that they're just hitting their ears and they're just like, okay. This is heavy, right? When I first read this passage as an 18-year-old youth pastor, I was like, okay, I got to get out, dude. <laughs> I was like, this is stupid. Why am I doing this? I'm going to be judged harsher. Isn't it going to be hard enough as it is? But then I found a freedom in it. And let me tell you why. I found a freedom in it because at the end of the day, your, your heads could nod, your heads could shake, 
you could make weird faces at me, but at the end of the day, I've got an audience of one. Isn't that freeing? Just like the way we present our worship, it's the same way. So I, I'm, I'm trying to uh, correlate with you, right? Just the way we say, uh, present our worship, whether it's on stage or with a congregation and there's a cute girl or a cute boy in the room, I don't care. You've got an audience of one. One person. Isn't that free? Instead of, oh my gosh, all right, what is, what are both Benjis thinking? This is going to be tough, you know? Like, oh gosh, you know? Who's in the room, you know? What if Pastor Reese walked in the room? Would I preach the same way? God, I hope so, right? Or if Eliphaz walked in the room, I would be like, oh, frick, this is scary, but I've got to present the same way. Yes? Or else I'm, 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 I, I'm, I can't think of the words. I'm thinking of pleasing his ears more than the Lord's ears. Are you getting me? Yes. Are you tempted with this? I am. I am. I've got to fight it every single day. Whether it's in my workplace and I want to be seen by somebody who's more important than me so that I can see a promotion. Or here. Here. I get some weird faces. You guys make some weird faces in this room, right? Some of you guys don't even know it. It's just like, dude, this is my face. I know. It's just weird, you know? But you get it? Like, we see some interesting things when we're up here, right? I hope one day you're going to see each other up here and it's going to be really fun. And some of you are like, oh, I'm not signing that sheet. <laughs> but it insinuates that there's different levels of judgment to get back on track. Most pastors and churches are a little bit too concerned with what people think. And how they can, how they can honor people more than the Lord. Yes, I get the whole verse of equipping the saints for the works of the ministry. I totally get that. And I think the best way to equip a saint is by honoring the Lord and showing somebody how to honor the Lord. That's it. Isn't that freeing? Yeah. I don't care about anything else. You could think that worship was way too long tonight. Bummer. You're going to be really bored in heaven. <laughs> At the end of the day, I'd be really bummed if you didn't come here anymore. But I would be devastated if he didn't come because he didn't like what was happening. Oh, right? You feel that? Like that's a kick in the stuff. And I want you to know that I'm not dependent on this. I, I was on the fence of sharing this or not, but I think as your leader, I feel like I need to share this. I'm not dependent on what happens here. I'm not full-time at the church. I have a very well-paying job outside of this. And somebody asked me the other day, why do you do it? I said, well, because I feel really, really called to this generation. Like, I want to see this generation have a hunger for the Lord more than any other generation that's walked this planet. I want that so bad. And I hope you understand that, right? I want to pull people into heaven. The way I interpret that verse of if you're first, you're last and all that kind of stuff, I want to be the guy pushing people <laughs> into heaven. I want to be that last guy. Say, so get on, let's go. This is going to be fun. I just get to cater to him. It gives me a lovely freedom that I can say what he wants me to say. And I don't have to think about what you're going to think of it. It's lovely. 
believe that Jesus tells us to disciple, period. He doesn't say go to all the nations and, what does he say, right? Go to all the nations, make disciples, heal the sick, cast out demons, right? So I believe that this scripture, that verse one, that teachers, disciplers, people in leadership, whatever it is, are going to be judged harsher. Why? Because that is a call for every single person. Are you hearing me? Yes. It's a call for every single one of you. Isn't that cool? And you're like, well, hold on. <laughs> it's cool. You get to invest into somebody's life? Do you want to do that? Yes. Oh, more than anything, I hope. You want to see somebody come to Jesus because you were obedient? Then you fall into this category of being judged stricter, right? That's what we're called to do. Go and disciple all. Go and disciple all people. So I believe that we should taste a level of responsibility of honoring him and his word rightly. But I want to take this up a notch. This is a way of life as well. Yes? We heard about, okay, it's cool what you talk about, but it actually tells what your body does as well. Remember we read that? The brittle in the mouth of the horse, it steers the entire body. The rudder on the ship moves the entire boat. So, this is a way of life as well. If you want to step into teaching and discipling people through whatever, could be through financial ministry, it could be through music ministry, it could be through... Bible studies that you're having at FICA or, you know, at uh, Monk and Mongoose or whatever it is. It could be that. It could be any of these things. But I believe this scripture is more than just words, though that that's the focus. I believe it's a way that we live as well. A good teacher or a good disciple is more, is defined more by than what they say on a stage or what they say at a Bible study. How many of you know that? Look at their kids. Right? Look at their marriage. Look at the way their dog responds when they walk into a room. Does it flinch or does it get excited? Look at the way they interact with servers at restaurants. You get it? Look at their entire life. If you're going to allow somebody to speak into your life, whether you like it or not, they're actually, all that they have to offer, all that I have to offer, is what the Lord's doing on my life right now. So if I disciple you, you're going to start probably speaking a little bit like me. I know, I, I don't know why I got that reaction. <laughs> I don't know how to receive that, so I'm not. Um, but... But that's the whole goal, right? We're going to start replicating what the Lord's done in our lives. Yes? Yes. So if you want a healthy marriage, find a leader who's got a healthy marriage. If you want, if you want good kids, find a leader with good kids. Do you get it? Yeah. If you want to honor the Lord and others, see how they honor servers and others around them as well. Look at the way they run their house. Do you get it? 
I know that that's a big blanket statement and that probably rubs some people the wrong way, but it's okay. I believe that if we look at all facets of their life, look at it. I've seen so many Christian leaders gaslight the church. And yeah, I, I learned gaslighting the other day, so I'm going to use it in my young adult service. <laughs> right? I think a lot of Christian leaders gaslight the church. Do you agree? Their marriage is failing. Their kids suck. They talk down to people instead of honoring them. They're cheating. They're stealing. Their dog's not even excited to see them. Do you get it? You got to look at all facets. Yeah, me and Madison's marriage is not 100% perfect. But man, we're working for it. Miller's not 100% perfect. But man, we're trying. We're doing everything in our power to do it. Is it hard? Yeah, it is, it's very hard. But what I can say is my dog loves me. So boom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I got one out of four, right? <laughs> At the end of the day, if you're being discipled, who do you want to be? Do you want to be like your discipler? If not, Change it. Right? Simple as that. There's a lot out there. If you don't want to be discipled by me, great. Change it. I'm not for everybody. I get it. I say some interesting things, and you're just like, did he really say that? <laughs> yeah, well, I say what I believe, frankly. Right? So if you don't want to be the person that you're being discipled by, or if you're not being discipled, guess, what, guess where you're headed? Uh, nobody wants to talk hell? about this? No, well, I'm not going to say hell. I believe that you can still believe in the Lord, but are you being discipled? Are you growing in the Lord? Or are you just banking on, man, I must be pretty smart because I don't need to be discipled? <laughs> oh, man, my wisdom carries way beyond anybody else. Okay, cool. Well, I'm glad. But, man, wouldn't it be cool to have somebody pouring into your life week after week, month after month, whether they're 65, you know? That's what me and Madison have always dreamed of, is having some like 70 or 65-year-old couple just take us to dinner, and then we would just get to ask all of the questions that we've ever wanted to ask somebody, right? Just like, how, you've been married how long? Oh my God, I haven't even been, I've been, I haven't even been alive that long. You know, like, <laughs> what have you learned? Like, tell me everything. I want to know it. How did you make it this long, right? Because I, yeah, I won't say that, but like, isn't you should want that like how have you ran so long with the lord how did you do it well right not even remove marriage because i know that doesn't relate to any of you but like just looking at somebody who's run with the lord for 20 years pouring into your life who's spirit filled who can talk to you about all of these things wouldn't you want that i hope you do right Man, that would be beautiful, wouldn't it? That's cross-generational ministry, right? That's discipleship at its finest. I've been running with the Lord for 12 years. Pretty good, right? It's pretty good. I was born into a, I was born into a Christian home, but man, I did not grow up this way. I grew up with no Holy Spirit. I had no idea who he was until I was 17. Right? 
I have, I, so yeah, I've been quote unquote a Christian, whatever that meant before I met Holy Spirit. But man, do you get it? I, I want to encourage you not only to find somebody to be a disciple by, but also find somebody to disciple. Yes? It's cool to have friends that are Christians. But man, you cause each other to compromise left and right. <laughs> Just like, well, we could probably, you know. <laughs> We've got to find that person who's speaking into our life. Into our life. Yes? We have to. And then guess what? To paint the picture of the fire. Fire is usually called destruction, right? But let's say, for example, I'm discipling Christian. Just for example, yes? I'm discipling Christian. And then Christian says, great, this is awesome. I'm growing in the Lord. Then he's like, I've got the bug to disciple somebody. This wildfire is start, starting to spread now. And that person gets the bug. That person gets the bug. And it just keeps on spreading and spreading and spreading. Yes? yes. Do you understand that's the way the church was actually set up to operate? It wasn't set up to say, hey, I'm going to vomit a bunch of words at you from here. <laughs> I'll do it. But it's not like, I, I mean, I, I like teaching and I like preaching to an extent. But when I see everybody hitting a stone wall, I'm just like, okay, we got to do something different. We got to disciple. It's a spreading wildfire in the positive way, if you will. Maybe, okay, let's, let's be Pentecostal in a, a Holy Ghost fire, right? That's the way. Yes, you get it? Okay. <laughs> Let me find where I am. Why do you need to change your discipler? Because the tongue can do a lot of things, but one thing it will do is it'll prove what's in your heart. You can lie up to an extent until it catches up with you. Or gaslight until it catches up with you. Every single time. And man, that frustrates a lot of people. But at the end of the day, man, you get caught up on lie after lie after lie and after lie. And you just keep on putting on another mask because you're coming to church. And then it's just like, whoop, ba-doop, ba-doop. And it gets out of control. And then guess what? Oh, I don't know who I am anymore. <laughs> Duh. Duh. The worst form of lying, I believe, is lying to yourself because then it injects that into the rest of who you're speaking over. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. So then James talks about this concept of stumbling. Does anybody know what stumbling means? <laughs> Uh-oh. I asked you if you were with me. No, we are. Okay. To trip? How many of you know that you stumble every once in a while in, uh, spiritually? Yeah. How many of you know that? Yeah. It's not great, but it happens. It happens to me. Does that mean that you're doomed? No. Some of you guys think that when you stumble, it's a fatal fall. Yes? And you need the little button around your neck that says, I've fallen and I can't get up. <laughs> Right? Man, Christians are famous for this these days. I've fallen, I can't get up. What happened? Oh, I stubbed my pinky toe. 
<laughs> oh, shoot. Wow, you're really, okay. <laughs> Come on, right? There's, there's, uh, stumbling happens. It's the way we respond from that stumble is what proves us. Yes? yes. Just like conviction misused turns into guilt. Right? Yes. You guys have all seen it. Holy Spirit shines a light on something and you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm so guilty and shameful of that. And then what happens? You go down the toilet drain, you go into a spiral, right? Yeah. No, he convicts. We should like his conviction. Should we seek it out? I guess to some extent, but not maybe the way you think. Okay, but anyways, what does it mean to stumble in word? Is this just not being a great orator <laughs> or a good speaker? No, I, I think it's two things. Stumble in word about yourself and stumble in word about others. I think those are the two, ca two categories that it falls into. Stumbling in word about self is boasting, right? Drawing attention to self, yes? Exaggerating. How many of you guys exaggerate? Right? Oh, man. I do. Or selective sharing. I'll tell you about the cool things that are going on because I want to impress so-and-so, but hey, don't look in that closet, right? Or false humility. This is a good one. Oh, no. Hey, great job on stage today. Oh, all for God. Okay, cool. But you had something to do with it. You were obedient. That's good. You should be proud of that. Yes? Yes? Yes. Okay. Stumbling a word about others is... These are easier to talk about, right? Criticism. We criticize other people, right? We gossip about other people. We slander our two-facedness. Oh, don't talk about that one, Lex. Flattery, right? Blowing smoke, if you will. Stumbling, again, does not mean a fatal fall, but something that trips us up and maybe even hinders our spiritual progress. But we have to respond rightly to it. Yes? Okay. Bless you. Let me explain it in this way. We talk about the fruits of the Spirit all the time. Yes? Anybody know? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Good. Wasn't the greatest I've heard, but... <laughs> wasn't the worst either. So we talk about the fruits of the Spirit all the time, and one of them is self-control, yes? yes? How many of you know that self-control got you into the sinful life that you're in? <gasps> oh, gosh. I know. Why is that? Well, because I took control, and guess what it turned into? All sorts of jacked up stuff that I now need to be saved of. Right? And that's what we think of this self-control is, okay, I just need to, I need to control myself and I need to just have gusto and cojones so that I can just make it happen, baby, right? I just, oh, I know the right thing, so I'm just going to force myself to do it. Well, I don't know if that's actually right because it's called a fruit of the Spirit, yes? yes? So that means it's by the Spirit. Did you hear me? Yeah. It's by the Spirit, so you're over-focusing on the self part. It's by the Spirit. Maybe better said it's called Spirit Control. 
Self-control should be a fruit of the Spirit because it is the Spirit that we should be controlled by. That does not mean that we turn into robot boy, but it does mean that it, uh, whatever he says goes. Right? Yes. Whatever he says goes. Whether I like it or not, that's self-control. That's being led by the Spirit. So when we talk about taming our tongue and controlling our tongue, we can't say, oh, I'm just going to use my own filter. Because so, sometimes the Lord wants you to say things that you don't think that you should say. And vice versa, right? Uh-oh. Are you guys okay? You still with me? Yes. Okay. James says it perfectly. If you don't, if you don't stumble... And what you say, you're perfect, and then your body follows suit. Very interesting. So verses 3 through 6, let's keep on going here. Yes? I know we already read this, but I want to I read it again because it's brilliant. Ready? Yeah. If we put bits into our mouth of... Sorry, into our mouth. Why do I keep on doing that? If we put bits into the mouth of horses so that they will obey us, we guide their whole body as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is, small, is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And I'll stop there. I didn't want to read verse 6. Who's ever ridden a horse? Pretty fun, yeah? Benji, you never ride a horse? Really? Who's ever steered a boat? That's not as fun. And I'll tell you why in a second. Who is stronger than a horse here? Benji? <laughs> <laughs> Horses ride Benji. <laughs> Man, he's strong. Good thing he's wearing that hoodie. Allie's so blushing right now. She's like, that's my boy. Okay, who's bigger than a boat? Good, nobody, all right. Hey, good job taming the tongue, guys. Nobody pointed at each other. <laughs> he equates the tongue as such a small and powerful piece to move too strong and very big things, yes? Okay. I've ridden a horse maybe twice. It didn't, it didn't go too well. Um, I didn't really understand what the reins meant. So the horse kept on running faster. And I was like, man, this is getting out of control. And then the horse lady told me, hey, you got to use those, or, you know. And then I learned. Not a fun experience, because my butt then hurt after that. But it was crazy that I could just pull on something, and the horse would slow. Right? How many of you know that? You've ridden a horse? It's crazy. I was like, I'm calling the shots? It's weird. And then Madison and I rented a boat once. Didn't go well. No, like a real boat. Like a sailboat? Or like a uh, no, a sailboat would have been way... We would not be here today. <laughs> it was... Was it a pond? Is that what it's called? Yeah. It didn't go well. Um, it was way too cold. And if you know me well, I hate water. 
Water's for two things, showers and coffee. <laughs> That's it. All right? So it didn't go well. I already was pissed that we were doing this. It was an anniversary or something. So that's why I did it. And I was like, I don't want to do this. I had jeans, suede boots on, and I looked like an idiot on this boot, uh, on this boat. Boot. <laughs> and we had no idea what we were doing. There was this red siren going off. Our phones were both about to die. We had to call the boat guy and say, hey, man, what's going on? I think we're about to get stranded out here. And then the boat guy said, hey, you're too close to the shore. That's why the siren's going off. And I was like, oh, that would have been nice on the training video. <laughs> but what I'm saying is you could steer it. And man, it was cold. It was windy. And these waves were crazy. One time where I, I had no idea what I was doing. I, I was driving into the waves. I guess you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> I learned it the hard way because, what, you hit your head on the dashboard or something? Yes, yeah, she went freaking flying for it. It was excellent. Uh, it was so funny. It was so scary because I'm just like, all right, I'm a man right now and I am lost. Um, and uh, we hit these waves, water is freaking flying up all over us. And then I figured out that if you go kind of with the waves or at like a diagonal, then it's a little bit smoother. <laughs> Ta-da. So if you, man, you're so lucky. You're hearing about Jesus and how to steer boats and horses. But we didn't know what we were doing, right? We could control it to some extent, but when the operator, whoever he was that we called, I don't even know who the guy was. He just said, hey, got to do this, this, and this. And then we got we got home safe. So it was good, good, you know? Um, the reason I tell you that is I love the way that James includes that a boat is pushed by the winds, but the rudder still directs. This is interesting, um, interesting because, I, I, one, I, I saw what going against the wind felt like. Didn't feel very great. It was a little bit sketchy, and I'm like... I won't go in pools, I won't go in any of that crap, because it's gross, because yep. you're swimming in people's poop and pee. Yeah. <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah. Think about that next time, all right? Yeah. That's why they put chlorine in it. I don't care. They don't maintain That's gross. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's my campaign, 2023, no pools, <laughs> all right? I'm just joking. But anyways, not, how many of you know that a tongue navigates the entire body and being? Did you hear me? No. Seriously? Well, can you repeat it again? Gosh, I was, you were here, right? Yeah, I was. Okay. I how many of you know, I'm going to say it right word for word, okay? okay? Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, how many of you know that a controlled tongue navigates the entire body no matter what the wind and the waves are doing. Okay. Ephesians 4 talks about all the different winds of doctrines that are taking place, right? We've heard this verse. It's Ephesians 4.14 if you want to take notes and read it later, right? A unrefined tongue will believe anything that they hear and anything that they see because the winds and the waves are pushing them around. They'll start stewarding what our tongue 
starts speaking and so what our tongue starts doing. Yes? Why do I believe that? Because I've seen it. We see the winds and the waves of culture and we start changing our theology. We start talking about our changed theology. We call it, wow, I am so spiritual and so wise that, man, the Lord only just wants this and that and this for me. And I start becoming actually God and Jesus works for me. Because I'm steering now, right? Oh, when these winds and the waves and hit and boom, bam, bam. Oh my gosh, everything's hitting the fan, right? All of these things. Then we start getting pushed around. If we don't know what we're saying and what we're doing and how we're living, we're going to fall into them. It's what I like to call the mob mentality. Yes? How me- yeah, I won't say that. Do you get it? Yes. Our tongue steers the ship. How many of you guys are snowboarders or skiers? Anybody? Has anybody done it? You guys live in Colorado? How many of you know, how many of you know that where you look when you're snowboarding is where you go? How many of you know that where you look when you're skiing is where you go? The same thing happens in everything that we do. What I'm focused on, right? People call it the manifesting. I'm going to manifest it, brother. Okay, creep. Sorry, if you believe in that, you're a creep. Okay, go charge your crystals. Cool, all right. It's a full moon. I got to put my crystals out. Shut up, dude. What? You can believe in that, but you can't believe in God? What? Golly. I'm going to charge my crystals, bro. Oh, yeah, but Jesus isn't real. Uh. It's hilarious. Hummus? I don't know what that is. Hummus, yeah, that's what I heard. You dip celery in it. (laughs) James, James is highlighting this. Not only for teachers to be careful, but for learners to also be equally as careful. Because the proof is in the pudding. It's one of my favorite phrases. I'm sorry, but I should never be asked to have a TED Talk about how to build a computer. Why? Because I don't know how. And I'm not going to convince somebody that I know how. Right? I should never teach somebody music theory. Why? Because I don't know it. And like, you play guitar? I don't know it. I know how to play a G chord. <laughs> and it's worked. And Bree keeps on letting me play. <laughs> I don't know why. Call of worship is epic, right? (laughs) You get what I'm saying? There's some things that you should listen to people about. There's just some things. The proof's in the pudding, right? Okay, I got to move on. The tongue needs trained. How many of you have heard the phrase, and you knew I was going to bring this phrase up, if you think, if you've heard, if you've been in church at all, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words, oh, come on, act Pentecostal, but but words will never hurt me. That's a beautiful hope, right? 
man, I, I'd like to think that, and I do have pretty tough skin. People have said some crap about me, and it's all right. I move through. I, I'm pretty tough. It's hard to offend me, right? Probably me stuffing something, but whatever. <laughs> Sadeeper. Um, <laughs> why did I say that? Though, <laughs> though that phrase is a beautiful hope, words still rip, dude. They rip. Not in a good way. One small word, if not denounced, can turn into an anxiety. One small word, if not denounced, can turn into a depression, an insecurity, whatever it might be. One small word has made many, many pastors and very, very gifted teachers leave the pulpit. One small word has actually ruined many, many ministries. Do you get it? ruined it whether it's true or false right cancel culture baby we can cancel anybody we want we get enough people on instagram to say it right man instagram does not show validity mob does not show validity some of the most spiritual people that i wish i lived in the same nation as they should be in a lot of our churches right but guess what how many people they've got I've got a family room full. Right? Are you hearing me? Instagram following does not show validity. I don't care how cool of a speaker they are. I don't care how great of punchlines they have or how many books they've written. Come on, right? Some people just need to... Shh. Yeah? Okay. You get it? Okay. As most of you know, like I said at the beginning, we live in the forest. We had a fire scare a couple years ago. Was it a neighbor who caused the scare? No, of course not, right? We know them. They're responsible. It was someone who I've never met before, and they could have impacted my entire life. So be the tongue. Somebody that I maybe have never met before, but that can impact my entire life. The same way goes for every careless word that we may speak. If I start a fire and don't drown it properly, it will impact every single person in this room. What do I mean by that? If I say something heretical and it's not drowned out, it will cause chaos in every single person's life here. Right? We have to be careful. Now, here's kind of the harder chunk of Scripture. We're going to read a little bit more, okay? Yes? yes. We're almost done, I promise. We've got three more verses. So go back to James chapter 3. And again, as we read this, keep in mind, we're taking the word at its word. Yes? Yes? Okay, so read it through that lens, not through what you want to get, okay? What am I reading through? I wrote that down wrong. The last three. Oh, just joking. I'm not ready yet. I'm going to read 9 through 12 again, though. Okay? Okay. With the tongue, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in His image. 
From the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. My brothers, sorry, from the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. These things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. So this is, this is super convicting. <laughs> this is hard for me. This is a hard one to swallow. I'm going to be really, really honest with you. This is a big call. He's saying a cursed people worships the Lord and also curses people out of the same opening, same tongue. Does that hit you? Does that like, man, frick, I'm guilty of that. Yes? This is heavy. Even more so, just even my thought life. Things that I don't say, that I, I'm happy that I don't say. It's like, man, I am so jacked up, but I am here preaching to you. And here I am leading worship. And I'm just like, gosh, how do I refine this? How do I do a better job? You know, the other day, I've been reading James 3 for weeks now. For weeks. It's implanted in my brain at this point, right? Weeks. I have worship music playing in the car. It's what I do, okay? It does not make me more spiritual than you. It's just what I do. I like it, okay? Some dude cuts me off. I'm worshiping. Get, me, get you, yes? I'm worshiping. Dude cuts me off, and I start cursing. Start ripping into him. He doesn't know that I'm ripping into him. Good. But I start ripping into him, dude. Worship music's playing in the back. What is up with me? What kind of two-bit preacher am I, you know? You guys ever feel this way? Like, what is up? How can I, how can I be so, like, in awe of his presence in, in, in one moment and then just like, all right, screw that guy. How, how can I be that way? And I know you guys get what I'm talking about. Yes? yes. I know it. Why? Because I've, I've seen it to some extent. Yes? We bless and curse, we encourage and talk mad-ish towards people and others, all with the same tongue, yes? James is inviting us into a high call of holiness. Yes? High call of holiness. Like I said, I've been a part of meetings similar to this, where we're worshiping, 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 prophesying, seeing healings, demons cast out. I've seen it, dude. I've seen it all. And then we go to eat. And boom, all of that goes out the window. What happened, right? What happened? How can we leave it that quickly? How can I leave it that quickly? Do you get it? Because it's convicting, because Scripture tells us to live in harmony with one another. Right? Romans 8.12 says, live in harmony with one another. What does that mean? Well, I'm supposed to compliment everybody. <laughs> Not like, not flattery, right? But I'm supposed to actually compliment people's lives, not, oh, hey, dude, cool hair. But like, I'm supposed to come alongside you and compliment you well. Yes? Do you get the difference? Right? You can use it in a singing kind of setting, right? It's easy in that setting. Oh, I'm going to harmonize with so-and-so, right? Why? Because it's actually a beautiful melody. It comes into one. It complements the sound that's happening. Yes? Whether it's voices, instruments, whatever it is, there's a harmony that takes place. And man, what kind of noise are we making? <laughs> you know? 
What kind of noise is actually happening and, and are, are we actually giving? Is my life, guys, I'm supposed to be singing to one another in spiritual songs and hymns, <laughs> right? Some of you, I don't want that. You know, you know like, I, it's super convicting because there's people, man, I just don't want to agree with and I don't agree with, but I'm supposed to live in harmony with them? Huh. What kind of two-bit Christians are we? Right? One trick pony Christians? Oh, we know how to bless in, in houses of God, but man, when we're on the street, we're jacked up. Right? I know. Nobody likes to talk about this part. We're going to get through it together, okay? But it's a real thing, right? Look at a tree with apples on it and say, oh, wow, that's a cool lemon tree. <laughs> right? Nobody would do that. Right? Or, hey, look at that tree is growing limes, but that's a sweet apple tree. Do you get what I'm getting at? What I'm getting at is we identify by what we produce. That makes sense? Yes. Our identity is revealed by what we produce. So an apple tree is called an apple because it produces apples. A lime tree is called a lime tree because it produces limes. A lemon tree is called a lemon tree because it produces lemons. The fruit lemons, not the cars, right? Do you get it? Yes. So a Christian tree should produce what? Yes. <gasps> Everybody's like, oh, I don't know, Christians? I don't know, Jesus? <laughs> well, we should exemplify him. What's Christian mean? Oh, a little Christ follower, little Christ. Yes. yes. We're to be like him. So we're supposed to produce that kind of character. How many of you know that? Do you want it? I hope so. Am I giving him canola oil when he actually wants the finest oil? Is my living sacrifice pure? Or is it spotted? Do you get it? Like, what are we doing? I mean, it's cool to come to church, but like, come on, what are we doing? You know, it's cool to see all of you guys. I love all of you guys. Even though guys I met for the first time, you know? I love you. But at the end of the day, like, come on, what are we doing? Got to go after him, right? Don't you want that hunger? Remember that first time you met him? Man, there's something that happened in your, in your being, right? You got hooked, right? Yeah. Let's read the rest. Put a bow on this, okay? Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good contact, sorry, by his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But you, if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not 
the wisdom that comes down from above, but it is actually un, it, it's actually earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Wow. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be, this is a guarantee, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Seriously, so good. True wisdom can be measured by the depth of a person's godly character. If I am a Christian, I better produce Christian fruit, godly character. Yes? Yes. Matthew 5, 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall see, sorry, for they shall be, rather, called sons of God. Let me read that better. <laughs> Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. I'm identified by what I produce. If I produce gossip, what am I doing? Do you get it? If I produce love, what am I doing? You get it. Yes? yes. If I'm a peacemaker, what am I doing? Investing into him. Yes. If I am a slanderer and two-faced and, and all of these other evil, evil things, what am I doing? You get it. So I guess here's the challenge. The tongue is a wild thing. No man can tame the tongue. So how do we control it a little bit better? How do we squash things faster so that they don't turn into forest fires? How do we do that? Here's the best way, here's the best thing I could come up with today. Maybe in next year I'll have a little bit better language for it as I work on it. Maybe in two years it'll be even better. But today here's what I've got. When gossip hits your ears, may those ears be the last to hear it. When I think illy of somebody, don't talk it. When somebody wants to talk crap about somebody else, stop. the buck ends here. Do you get it? We've got to stop just, oh man. <laughs> We've got to stop just saying whatever we think. It's what you think is deceived. You've got to refine it. Do you get it? Yes. When you hear something, we've got to squash it. We've got to denounce it. If you hear it over somebody else, you denounce that lie. Do you get it? Do you know what that means? You kill it. You say, nope, nope, not here. Yes? When you hear gossip, let your ears be the last that hear it. That's the best way I can communicate it tonight. But if you hear encouragement, man, spread that. Spread that fire. If you hear wisdom, man, spread it. Get it going. Throw some gas on it, you know? And then yell, ah, now we're cooking with gas, right? All right? <laughs> Do that, right? Like, in, what are we investing into? I don't care about your finances. What are you investing into? Because, gosh, 
what James says that it's unspiritual, earthly, and demonic. Who likes participating in demonic behavior? Good, nobody. So why are we doing it? I get it that you don't like some people. I understand. Me too. Okay? I'm not fond of every single person who ever walked on this planet. Yes? Okay? I've had people make Facebook pages about calling me a heretic. I get it. I'm not fond of that individual. But man, I'm praying my way out of it. Do you get it? Yes. Man, what fire are we willing to start? Maybe that's better language. What fire do you want to start today? Only you can answer that question. I can't for you. I know which one I want to start. Yes? Does this all make sense? That's James chapter 3. Okay? Don't clap. Next week is James chapter 4. James chapter 4. Okay? So come prepared. Read it. Read it once, okay? I read it every single day just so I can get familiar with it. Just read it once, okay? That way you kind of know what we're going to talk about. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll add maybe a little bit more to it. Okay? Yeah, I think that's all I've got. So um, I'm just going to pray for you because I think that's the only way I know how to end these. So Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your just, again, your nearness tonight. Thank you for your word, that you don't leave any page unturned. Lord, I pray that you would remind us of exactly the things that you would remind us of, of this sermon, of this, of this scripture, of whatever you, have, whatever you see fit. That you would encourage us to be, that, to prove you, frankly. You would just encourage us to prove you, prove your, char- prove your character, Prove that you're worthy of following. Prove that we can take you at your word. So Holy Spirit, just thank you. Thank you for, again, just being so close. I can just still sense your presence in the room. So Lord, we just love you. We love you, we love you. Yeah, in Jesus' name, amen.